Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, to discuss all things French racing is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, God, wasn't the GP de Plouet? I mean, it is consistently one of the best races of the year. Yeah, absolutely consistently one of the best races of the year. But this year, oh, my God. Well, look, to to be completely honest with you, what I saw of it was fucking amazing. But I have to confess that I only saw the last 30K. I actually had a concert on on Saturday night. And I managed to get very fortunate in that it finished early enough that I was able to come home and watch the last part of the race. Uh, which was excellent, but I need your help to catch me up on uh, the the lead up to the last part of the race. Well, we've got quite we've we've got quite a bit to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the Trophée d'Or. When we left you, we were on stage three last week. So we want to tell you what's happened in the last bit of that. We'll talk to you about the GP de Plouet World Cup and what that meant for the World Cup in general. The last ever World Cup race in the last ever World Cup. Um, and then we've got some UCI news, some cycling news, and some upcoming races to talk about, especially including where to watch live racing this week. Woo! Woo! You, <laughs> you woo so well. <laughs> Except... <laughs> that's, 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 that's demonstrably untrue. So. Oh, oh, well, if any ladies would like to hear Dan's wooing things. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't at No. Please don't No. No, anyway, um, so Pluet, oh, God, it's such a good race. So, um, okay, there's a couple of reasons why Pluet is a good race, yeah. Um, one is it's, it's, it's an amazing course. They change it every couple of years um, into different iterations of the course, but it always has the Cote de Timarec, which is that big dual carriageway long road, which doesn't actually look that brutal on the um, TV, does it? Yeah, it, it doesn't, but it's it's... I mean, it's that perfect thing of combining the way that it's raced with the fact that TV lies. Lies, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, because you're looking at it. Because, I mean, the first time I saw it was in 2010, I want to say, which was that amazing year where there was a group of four, Emma Pooley, Judith Arndt, Emma Johansson, and Mariana Voss out together. Yeah? And every time they'd gone over the hills... Emma Pooley had been doing that. Oh, oh, I'm really tired. Oh, I'm dropping back. Oh, I'm not sure I can keep on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, such a struggle. Oh, my God. I don't think I'm falling. I think you go on without me. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I'll I'll see you at the finish line. (laughs) And then on the last lap, when it was the four of them, Marina Voss was in the front and Pooley was about in the third wheel. And Voss looks back over her left shoulder and Pooley saw her looking back over her left shoulder because it was just at the time it ramped up and attacked right up the right. Yes. <laughs> you can see Voss go. And so Voss, like, it took Voss, like, you know, she must have heard her going past, but it took, like, a couple of seconds for her to respond. So she scrambles to chase her. Then she's realising that they're... Um, uh, um, that you know that no one else can even keep up and that she can't catch Pooley. And it's just, oh, it was so good. Oh. God, that I will watch that race every year just in kind of love because that was I'm that was sure, I'm pretty sure amazing moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure actually through the second half of August every year, that's your dream every night. Like you just go to sleep and dream of that. No, 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 I dream about other things too. I dream about those amazing stages on the Giro. You know, I dream about the Yeah, but those of, those are yeah. those are July dreams. You know, I'm saying your August dreams are uh, the the Plouet dreams. Okay. No. But anyway, no. no. There's so, <laughs> so many, so many races. I don't have just one cycling dream. Because also, for God is in August, man. All right. All right. Well, this is why I'm not the dream god. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, A, it's so Plouet is an amazing course. It's tough. It's got, so this, they have four laps of a big, long 29K circuit, which have four climbs, but also a load of descent. So there's lots of chance to catch back. It's not just chances to escape, but chances to catch back, which is wonderful. Um, then it's a part of a four-day cycling festival, which people just flock to in massive, massive... Um, I think Rochelle Gilmore was saying, apart from the Alpe d'Huez, she's never seen this many camper vans at a cycle race. And every year it's an amazing festival and they have like a giant um, stands and people cheering and going crazy and live, live, TV, live screens and stuff like that. So it's wonderful. Um, then it's the last World Cup of the season. And this year, the last World Cup ever, 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 ever. Yeah, yeah, well, because, you know, we're boldly heading into a world tour kind of world. 
Yeah, I am going to. I, I still stand by missing the World Cup brand. I think it's a shame to get rid of the World Cup brand. But yeah, you know, the men have a world tour. So the women have a world tour. That's just is what it is. Yeah, but, well, um, you know, I, I still think the men should have got World Cups. So. Hmm. I God, yeah. I mean, the World Cup, God, which classics would you put in a men's World Cup? Um, well, same was because in a women, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. The women. Well, no, because the women also have the. I mean, I would never get rid of of Strade Bianchi. Sorry, uh, Vagora and Binder and Drenta. No, you know, no, the women's no, only no, races. Exactly. I'm not saying get rid of those from the women. I'm saying add those for the men. So, <laughs> so yeah. So basically, you'd have them because you know you'd have to have Strade Bianchi. Yeah. You'd have to have Luke Pet Noiseblatt. Yeah. You'd have to have. Um, oh God, so many good races. So we, uh, of course, you'd have Pammy Rubai. Rubai, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Oh, that's the only one. That's that's the only one I'd really bring over from from the men's um, World Cups to the women's. So. Yeah, you you don't like Milan San Remo. <laughs> oh, look, if they brought it down to a reasonable length so that it was actually worth watching, sure. But while it's, I, whilst ever it said it's bullshit, three hundred kilometer dick measuring contest. Oh, look, we can ride a really long way really slow. Oh. <laughs> But wouldn't it be fun to have a women's Milano San Remo that was basically the last 120k of the men's course and just watch how the women rode it? Yeah, okay, that would be fun. I, I will allow that, but it's on that very specific condition. So Okay, cool. Anyway, Plue, so it's, it's, it's the last ever World Cup as next mm. year will be in the World Tour. But also people go a bit bonkers for the last World Cup. So Vigorda and Plue are always exciting because it's the last chance for some teams to get World Cup glory. And this year we went in with um, Wiggle had won three World Cups, uh, Drenta and Vigorda and um, Chongming. Bowles had won two, both by Lizzie Armitstead, um, Binder and Philly Classic. Yep. Uh, Rabobank had won one with the Rondevet, uh, not Drenta, with Flesh Fallon. Yep, yep. Um, oh, God, no, sorry. I, I, I completely got it wrong with Wiggle because Wiggle also won um, uh, uh, da, 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 uh, Flanders. Flanders, yeah. yeah. Rondevet and Flandern. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, yeah, so, and then... Uh, the Velocio Stram had won one, um, which was the Trofeo, so the Sparkas and Giro. So you've got Orica with none, uh, Ali Cipollini, who attacked every single one of them early and perhaps should change their tactics, had won none. <laughs> uh, Pickler, which was in the new super team, have won none. So there's, always, there's you know, there's this chance for that. But you also know that, like, Wiggle and um, Bowles, they just want another one anyway. Like, you know, Rabo wants another one anyway. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, we've won ours. We'll let someone else take another their turn. No, that's not how it happens. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also pre-Worlds build-up. So people are kind of, you know, getting their getting their form in, you know, in their pre-Worlds build-up. So that's what makes it exciting. But you've also got that thing where riders who are looking for other teams and teams who are looking for sponsors and da 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 You know what I mean? There's all these, like, different political aspects to get into. Absolutely. And a million different reasons for people and, and teams individually and collectively to be riding aggressively. Yeah, and, yeah, and so it's beautiful course the thing that's hilarious about it is when they come out of Plouay they go through this amazing forest which is stunning on the overhead shots there was this one shot where they they ride along a river through this forest and the forest is huge and green and kind of untouched and undulating um and then this river's snaking alongside the road near and further. As the helicopter shot went across it, you could see the reflections of the clouds in the river and a flock of birds flying up from the, um, from the trees and you know, flying, flocking together in front of the peloton and in front of the camera. It was beautiful. <laughs> but, but that does mean no mobile phone signal for most of the course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So it's a trade-off is what you're saying. Yeah, so you have beautiful, beautiful to see, which is great because we got to see the last 50k live. That was especially good for me. Um, yes. Because, well, you know, like I said, I didn't get the full the full 50, but um, yeah, yeah. So um, do you want to you run us through those last 50k then? Yeah, well, they started off with, I have my notes. My notes are kind of slightly sporadic in the first bits because it's literally off to twist. So they start off this night. Um, at the end, there was no breaks for the first 15 kilometres, but at the end of lap one, they had a four-rider break of Catherine Garfoot, Elena Bellato, Doris Schweizer, and Molly Reaver. And then in lap two, they were caught, and Flavia Oliveira, but Oliveira caught. Um, 
uh, lap three were all together. I've got Team Arec hurts riders a lot. <laughs> which was my which was, which was my um, my my uh, my pricey of someone's tweet um and then they cross the line together into lap three all together well i say all together but basically you just have to imagine the usual attritional trail of riders who've been shed and destroyed behind them so they kind of come into the 50 50 kilometers left to go they have um anazita maria sticker and Marian Sicko out and caught. And then there's so many attacks and catches that we can't actually go through them all because otherwise I'll be sitting here in three days' time going, and then Lucinda Brand attacked again. But Lizzie Armitstead <laughs> was on a wheel. Um, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. So, But basically, every time they went over Team Arek, Lizzie Armitstead attacked. Like, bang, rah, and huge attacks. And with Anna van der Breggen and Pauline Fran Prevost continually following her. And But Bowles just played it beautifully because, you know, Lizzie would be caught and then Evie Stevens would go in some kind of crazy suicide attack. Mm-hmm. And then when Evie Stevens was caught, Megan Guarnier would go in some crazy suicide attack. And then they'd, like, you know, cross the line. And as they crossed the line into the into the final lap, Megan Guarnier would attack just for the hell of it. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and Guarnier would... It was just gorgeous and so at one point my notes are evie triple exclamation mark meg four exclamation marks bowls <laughs> i actually to be fair i honestly thought it was going to go the other way as you ran out of time to write additional exclamation marks <laughs> yeah well just capitals yeah my capitals yeah. do get bigger i've got one for one of them going arm oh, instead like this just gets bigger <laughs> and bigger as attack goes harder so yeah so but the other one was lucinda brand and Last year, Lucinda Brand won this beautifully because she spent the first part of the race either attacking or chasing back attacks. But at the end, in the the last 30K, she was dropped, chased back on. Immediately, she hit the group, attacked, and went out solo to win solo. And it was just phenomenal riding. So, yeah, it was it was beautiful. So just imagine attack, 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 attack. And they end up with like some really interesting, um, interesting formations and movements. And the, we, we talked last week a little bit about how you can tell who the peloton respects as another rider by who marks them. Yep. Because every time Lucinda Brand attacked, Armitstead was on her wheel. Mm-hmm. And it was a, which was like, yeah, that's that's kind of a, you know, who's following who. When yeah. when you've got your team, when you've got your race leader who's being protected from everything else chasing you, you know you're yeah. serious. But they had a beautiful brand descent attack, and it ended up um, in lap four, which was um, into this amazing little descent attack, which led to a small group of Brand, Guanier, Hagawara, Zorzi, Williams, Lela Vita, Oliveira. Oliveira attacked a thousand times. Lara Villacelli and Amelie Rivat. Yeah. Um, and that was the attack. That was the group that I was thinking, oh, this group could get away, except for then Brand, one of the Italians, bashed into the back of um, Brand's bike, broke her derailleur, and derailleur. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and that was a, a bit of a dramatic moment watching her, because because that was a thing. It wasn't um, it wasn't a crash or someone running off the course or whatever. It was just uh, suddenly suddenly her ability to generate um, you know power disappeared. And yes, um, and so she just drifted off the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the drivetrain no longer worked, and so yeah. yeah, she just kind of disappeared off the back. Yeah, and then you had that thing where it's uh, very, very funny where the where the commentator where Anna Crossan was talking a lot about how oh yeah, oh. Guarnier's not working because Guarnier's uh, Garnier Guarnier's um, got working for people behind. It's like yeah, she's not the only one. <laughs> I don't think Lizzie Williams is in that group for herself. I yeah, think yeah, exactly. Emma Johansson, exactly. same Mayuko, you know. But anyway, yeah. let's go uh, with and, that. And, oh, jeez, Ant McCrossan. God bless him. Bless his heart, as they would say in South <laughs> America. I mean... Yeah, but what's the Australian so version? The only, as, as, only man in the... Oh, in Australian? Oh, man. All right, so so in Southern America... In your in your, in your, in your yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Well, I can't actually say I can't actually say some of the words in pure Australian because you know. No, 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 but no. I'm talking about uh, your your Christian your 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 solidly Christian past, your equivalent of bless his heart. Oh, uh, in this oh, lady okay. way. Oh, um, oh, gee. What would you? What would your mum? What would your mum say about someone when she was wanting to say, "Oh, bless his heart" in that way? Um, probably something about you know has a good spirit tries really hard or something like you know <laughs> uh, it's just i mean 
it, it, it's not so much. I mean, I get that one of the one of the really you know based on the the vast wealth of commentary that you and I have done now. Um, I get that it's hard to fill time and and that you kind of sometimes ramble a little bit and and you know you fumble because you're trying to justify tactics as they happen and you don't have a lot of time to do detailed analysis and blah blah blah. I can I can bear most of that with a grain of salt, but when the man sheer bloody mindedly insists on referring to Evelyn Stevens as Evelyn Stevens. No, but you seem is. Evelyn, Evelyn, yeah, Evelyn. Like it's, Evelyn. A, it's a hyphenated two-word name as he pronounces it. Evil, Lynn. I it, think the problem is, is that Evil Lynn was a Shira, was a Shira baddie. I, I, so I, reckon he I, watched, I reckon he watched too much Shira as a kid, and so he says Evil Lynn Stevens because he's thinking of Evil Lynn, the evil the, the Shira baddie. It pisses me off the same way when Australians call, you know, um, guys named Jorge George because they're too lazy to learn how to pronounce their name. It's just, it fucks me off. You see, so, my version is that Emma Jo Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Absolutely. Emma Jo, which, Emma which jo again, Hansen. It becomes hyphenated the way he says it. It's Joe hyphen Hansen. As if he's no, it's the, Emma jo, no, 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 it's Emma Jo hyphenated yeah, and then Hanson's surname yeah yeah but as if she's the long lost Hanson sibling that makes up the rest of the family musical group or something it's oh, so god, I'm earworms. I hate you it's so fucked it's like oh Jesus come on aunt you literally get paid for this you can do better so you know um, Ant loves the show, so, listens every week, big fan. Hi, Ant. Good to good to have you aboard. Um, that's so, just some, some friendly feedback from me. So it was so basically, Evil Lynn Stevens and Emma Jo Hansen were very very high up in this race, and on the penultimate time over Cox Team Erect, another amazing Armit said attack. This is literally the one where I start writing Armit said and it gets bigger and bigger as I write. We found a bracken chasing and Lisa Longo Borghini and Ashley Moorman and Emma Joe Hansen and Ash and Ash Moorman again and Pauline Fran Prevot. And so they come to the last lap, and the last lap is about 15, so about 30, well, it's 13.9 kilometers. And at this point, there's about 15, 16 riders in the mix, but the front group is continually changing. Yeah? yeah. Well, it's not continually changing because you always have Johansson, Van der Brega, uh, Longo Borghini, Moorman, um, uh, Armitstead, 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 um, Fran Prevost up in the front. Yeah? Sure, sure. You've always got them, always up there. But but who's with them is changing because this is just tons of attacks, like so, so many attacks all the way through, like everyone kind of killing it at every point. At 10k to go, they're down to seven, but then more riders come back almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. That, that was crazy, like that last 10k, because it was, like you say, all the way down to seven. And then, yeah. you know, they, they'd change the camera shot to, like, a close-up of a rider, and then they'd cut back to a longer shot of, of the whole group, and suddenly there were 12. And then yeah. they'd do that again, and it's like, fuck, there's 20 of them. It's like putting fucking coat hangers in a in a closet or something. There's, just, there's more of them every time you look. It's weird. Yeah, or less. Or yeah. Here, and it's... um. Yeah, and, and, and it's crazy. So and then you've got but you've got these like last attacks in the last ten K with Claudia Lichtenberg attacked and um you end up with a tri there was a trio going into the Cook Team Alec of um Lucinda Brand, oh my god, who'd who'd chased back through a couple of groups. Like like she just appeared out of nowhere. It's a like, holy fuck last yeah, time we saw yeah. her her derailleur had broken <laughs> and she, there's no chance of what the fuck Literally literally the last time we'd seen her, her derailleur had snapped off. She'd got off the the bike, gone up to the team car and pulled out a welding torch and started to <laughs> weld it back on. And somehow she came back. It was insane. Yeah, so you have um no, hang on, no, sorry, I'm just I'm confusing my attacks. Anyway, so you end up with like tons and tons and tons and tons of attacks and you end up with Claudia who who was it? It was Claudia Lichtenberg, Elena Cecchini, and I want to say Evelyn Stevens, who knows at this point, on the last attack out solo. But then you've got Lucinda Brand attacking behind and Lizzie chasing her and all these different riders attacking. And, and just like, fuck me. It was incredible. I Just go to the video. If you can't watch the full thing, just watch the last 10K. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super useful because they actually put countdowns in the um, 
in the in the, in the yeah yeah so that's super super amazingly useful just watch it because it's just like holy fuck but the amazing thing is they kind of end up with um a final group of five riders coming into the I, my notes just go crazy at this point <laughs> they have five five riders coming into the final into the final which um after the final cop to team Marek where you know lizzie attacks again it's lizzie elisa longo borghini anna van der breggen ash mormon and emma johansson yeah yeah, yeah. And you have this amazing moment in the end where where Elisa attacks in the last couple of kilometers and Anna Van Abregen chases her down. And on Twitter, everyone's going, no, no, Anna. Because at the moment, because Yolene Dora was leading the World Cup, but Yolene wasn't riding today. Um, and Anna Van, so Anna Van Abregen was second in the standings with Lizzie Armistead third. And Anna just had to finish a couple of places behind Lizzie, if Lizzie won or, or, or came second or whatever, for Anna to take the overall series. So at this point, everyone's going, no, no, let Elisa win and then you can win the series. But I think this is a fundamental misunderstanding of the value of the World Cup because pretty much every rider I've spoken to ever um, in the in the and I've asked about this, I've always gone, yeah, you know what, the World Cup's a nice thing to have, but I'd rather win the race. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, do you remember when I asked Emma Johansson about that? Yeah, She's like, yeah. World Cup. what do you think of the World Cup? <laughs> She's like, no, because <laughs> no, you, know, you can win the World Cup without, winning, without even winning yeah, a race. without I, even winning I, a race, exactly. I want, the, I, want the, I want the race, I want the race, I want yep. the race, God damn it, I want the race. So, yeah, so... I mean, but I think it's because Anna, I mean, some people go, oh, God, Anna, she's got no tactics. But actually, letting Elisa go and win the race, isn't, that's not how they work in Rabo. You know what I mean? What you want is to win the race and the series. But it turned out to be a mistake because they get caught. The five riders are coming into the finish together. And literally as they hit the finish line, this other group of, um, this other group of four riders, which is, um, uh, Evelyn Stevens and Elena Cicchini and Elena Cicchini and Pauline Fran Prevost yep. catch them literally on the line, mm. like literally on the line. Oh my God. But it's too late because Lizzie Armistead has started her sprint and finishes the race like with plenty of time to cross the line, arms in the air. She's mm. won her mm. third World Cup yeah, of the season. I, I mean, and, and again, our favourite commentator, Ant, was absolutely stunned that Lizzie knew how to operate a zip. So... Uh, yeah, she even had time to do up her well, he, jersey. He kept talking about how she was able to do up her zipper, able to do up her zipper, as if this is a technological feat that women have not yet mastered. So, <sighs> yeah. Amazing. It's just, it was so exhilarating. I mean, I'm not doing this race justice. You have to watch at least the last 10K. I'd say the last lap. I'd actually say the whole last 50K. I mean, the highlights, someone was saying, yeah, the highlights kind of gave it away, which was a bit disappointing because, you know, like how they choose a splash picture for yeah. the YouTube account? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. disappointing because, honestly, it was a, uh, I mean, to use a phrase that we use all the time on the show, it was a real nail-biter of a race. I don't think either of us has ever actually said that before. But it yeah. was. It really was one where, like, honestly, I mean, you get down to that, that, that final, I think even 20K, and by then there's enough of a selection, but there are still so many strong riders with really interesting opportunities. It could have gone yeah. so many different ways. And then, as you say, you know, yeah, Lizzie launched a sprint, timed it perfectly. You know, it's kind of what she does. But, you know, right up until that moment, it really was, especially with them about to be caught by that group behind, because Ash and um, Pauline Fran Prevost, who was in that behind group, mm. caught and sprinted to third. So the yeah. final top ten, first Lizzie Armitstead, Bowles, second Emma Johansson, third Pauline Fran Prevost, fourth Ashley Milman Passio, fifth Claudia Lichtenberg, who'd also been in that second yeah. group, um, sixth Anna van der Breggen, seven Elena Cicchini, Elena Cicchini, eighth Evelyn Stevens, ninth Lisa Longo-Borghini. Amazing. Like, just amazing and 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 people and i don't the thing is the thing about the thing about anna van der breggen not attack, chasing after elisa and catching her and not going for the road series i i kind of see what some people's points are about that but i think it would have made a slightly disappointing race um if ending if at that point elisa had attacked well i'd have loved it if elisa had won because i'm a big elisa fan but if if at that point elisa had attacked and no one had chased her down because they were all thinking about the World Cup standings. Yeah. I'd have been very, very disappointed. Honestly, I don't think that would have happened, though. I mean, it, it, there was... No, but people, but people are saying on, on Twitter that yeah. that's what should have... 
happens. Oh yeah, but you know, you know what I generally feel about the things people say on Twitter. <laughs> Especially yourself. Yeah, I was going to say me included. I mean, I say a lot of things. If you'd like to follow Dan saying a lot of things on Twitter, go to his Twitter where he's Dan W official and follow him. If you'd like to instead follow Sarah for all sorts of useful information instead of just me saying things, then you should go to at underscore pigeons underscore and uh, and follow along. I I tend to, yeah, um, say things today. Mm. That's That's kind of my Twitter thing. Yeah, Dan does. Dan does tweet his things I said today, which I know for a fact he edits. I do not. I except except occasionally to clarify. Like I did. I did one on Saturday about because um, what I actually said was um, I'm two beers in, and but I was in a Bavarian restaurant, so it was two liters of beer, and I felt that that warranted editing the word liters in because it made more sense that way. So you know. I mean, lightly edited, but for your edification, dear dear friend, that's um, that's how it works. Yes. Um, if you want to see the amazing, um, the amazing, a uh, uh, fantastic, wonderful GP de Plouet, we have got a ton of videos on our site, prowomenscycling.com, where you can watch and go, oh my god, oh my god, how many attacks? Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's it's. It, oh. It was a lot. I, I always, always loved Plouet, but this year was exceptional. Mm. I mean, every year is exceptional, though. I think I say that every year. I mean, last year, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, it, it just, it was, it was amazing. And the countryside was beautiful. Yeah. It, honestly, it was, it was disgustingly beautiful. Again, you know, similar to Vigorda, um, you know, it's just, it's just not right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think that was actually one of the first things I said to you because obviously I got home, started watching the race, and then called Sarah to talk because that's one of the things that we like to do. And and I think one of the first things I said was, "How fucking beautiful is this country? This is wrong. So, so beautiful. It's all it mush was... green and rivers and shit. It was disgusting. Oh, so disgusting. Mm. And um, forests, we... forests everywhere. Fuck. Our forest is gorgeous. Uh. Um. It wasn't the only French race because before that, some of the peloton had been over in the Trophée d'Or, um, not our favourite race. But we found video. And um, so when we'd left you, uh, Rachel Nalen was leading the GC, having won stage three. Yeah, well, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky for those following along at home, just because um, of the way different sites count stages. So... <laughs> so I'll just remind those playing along at home quickly that this race started as day many three, stage races do, as many as many stage races do with a prologue, and so technically a prologue doesn't count in the stage numbering. Now this comes becomes important if slash when you are doing your own stage research because some sites have notionally skipped stage four, but what they've actually done is switched their numbering um, partway through their coverage. So. Um, so just bear with me, because we we covered the prologue stages one and two uh, when we last recorded. Stage three was about to begin. Uh, yes. So we... actually, no, hang on, no, 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 no. Let's go with their numbering because they say stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. All Let's right. call it well, day. So, We're on day four. So so <laughs> so stage three slash four. Day four. <laughs> day four of the race. It Tuesday. Like Tuesday, the twenty fifth of August. <laughs> Yeah, there was a stage from uh, which was a, an eighty-eight point five kilometer uh, loop, basically from Vilquiers uh, back to Vilquiers, um, and uh, in in the tradition of Trophée d'Or, that is the grand total of race information that we have, and um, and we know that it was comfortably won in a sprint finish by Deva Tuzleta from Impersotely Juice Frey. No, no, I know, no, no, no. I know, I know, except that's what would have happened. But as Sarah said, there's video from this stage. Um, and so actually what happened was 
um, the the sprint was up a little bit of a rise, and as Dave had crested it, she uh, she, was, she she thought she was winning solo, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She thought she thought she was out of she was out of the group because she'd been in the group. There'd been there'd been groups. There'd been groups that had been. Um, we can't really tell that much, but basically there was a group which had Dave Latouz Leiter from Impasata, just Freddie, Lara Viacelli from Michaela Fan- Michaela Fanini, Hanka Kupfernagel, the, the legendary Hanka Kupfernagel for Germany, Audubianic from Vienna Futuroscope, and Anisha Bakermans from Lotto Bellasol. And so as they turned the corner, and Deva... Deva, um, you know, as as she crested this this little bit of a rise, sat up and threw her hands in the air to celebrate. And um, at at that moment, Anisha Bakermans for Lotto Sudal put her head down, pedaled a little bit harder, and flew right by. Uh, to actually claim the the stage victory, um, and then Deva, who obviously on immediately sighting Anisha, realised her mistake, had grabbed her bars and tried to sprint through, but was uh, slamming her fist on her handlebars in um, what I can only imagine a weird combination of embarrassment and rage and other <sighs> other tumultuous emotions. I will never get bored of the premature celebration video. <laughs> Even saying it sounds dirty, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the premature I... celebration is one of my favourite <laughs> favourite things. I, oh, I, I what, love it. Guess what this episode's called now? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No, I look. Yeah, it's kind of amusing, but I can't help. I, I just, I, I always just feel really sorry for for the person in Dave's position. Like, like that's. Oh man, I, I just have a lot of empathy for that. Cause... I mean, it happened last year in the under twenty three women's um, were, women's European Championships, where Elena Cecchini was thinking that she'd won and she hadn't because Sabrina Stoltians was sprinting incredibly fast and snuck like literally when it looks like they're sneaking literally underneath the raised arm. That's my favourite. You know, when someone's got their arm out to celebrate, yeah. and it looks like they and they're like ducking their head to come under the arm that i know i know it's like in the weird camera angles that's what i like best <laughs> I, I just think i i is gutting it must be so gutting and so so embarrassing because well, it's and, like and i think that's part of why i have so much sympathy for it is because i imagine it's the kind of thing that just haunts you for quite a while afterwards do you reckon that your teammates just mock you and mock you I honestly, I think it would probably depend a fair bit on the team, but I, I imagine that there are stages of it where, like, um, at at first, like, just nobody mentions it, and then and then maybe later when it's calmed down a little bit, there's a few jokes. But I think <laughs> I, I imagine there'd be a very fine line between that being funny and and becoming the the kind of you know rod for your back that just quietly destroys your soul yeah i think i probably would i'd probably try really hard not to mention it and then you'd say something by accident that sounded like yeah, it, you know yeah. like you just and you'd be like you'd be so gutted to mention it's your friend because you yeah, know your friend yeah. was dying of well, embarrassment because that's the thing it'll be like two years later and someone else will do it at a different race and everyone will be like oh watch this video and and then you know they'll get partway through it and someone will go isn't that like the trophy door to you and then everyone will turn and look at you and just go quiet so yeah but 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 on the other hand we wouldn't be talking about it if we was we, you know we'd have just gone oh yeah um david two's lighter one blah 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 blah, blah. we just wouldn't have spent any time yeah. on it at all otherwise would we true true so you know and being a uh, being hugely influential media icons as we are <laughs> I'm sure that will that will give a market rise to to poor Davis, um, you know, career prospects. So you know, there, there's that's uh, definitely a silver lining for sure. So what happened in the last stage? <laughs> so stage uh, four slash five, day five, day Wednesday, five, Wednesday the twenty sixth of August um, was a hundred and one kilometer stage from Saint Dorchard to Saint Armand Montron. Uh, and that was won by Lauren Rowney, uh, beating out Maria, uh, Marta Bastianelli, uh, Roxanne Fournier, uh, for the stage. And that left us with overall results 
where Rachel Malin held on to basically the the GC didn't really change or the top three on the GC at least didn't really change after stage two. Uh, Rachel Malin in first, Edwige Patel for Michaela Fanini Rocks uh, in second, Carly Taylor for Lotto Sudal in third. So basically, it was a little bit, a bit, bit Australian domination, wasn't it? Because because really um, they won. Kimberly Wells had won stage two. Yep. Rachel Nalen won stage three. Uh, Lauren Roney won stage five, and Rachel Nalen won the general classification. Yeah, yeah. So and and Carly Taylor in third on the GC as well. So yeah. I think. And the only others, the only others who got stage wins were both Belgian and Sophie Dyke and Dyke and Anisha Vakemans. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to be pretty happy with that. Um, you know, particularly leading into Worlds. Um, I imagine I imagine there are some heated conversations going on about world selection in the Australian. Yeah. There was an interesting thing, though, because Lauren, I mean, it's nice seeing people like Lauren and Rach not getting, you know, being not super domestiques, you know, yeah, like to get yeah. the chance to race. So, you know, both of them are in Orica AIS. And, yeah, and, and no, sorry, that's not true. Rachel Nayland's in Orica. Um, yes. Lauren Roney's in... Velocio SRAM. Velocio SRAM. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, interesting, interesting, interesting race. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We're currently, if you hear me getting distracted, it's because we're, we're on to our next race already, which is the Bowles Rental Ladies Tour, the Holland Ladies Tour. Holland Ladies in, Tour, yeah, yeah. In the Netherlands. Um, and so, I'm looking at their hashtag, which is BRLT2015. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's the first stage of that today. It's, as Sarah says, it's already started. It's a six-stage race, so the last stage is on Sunday. Um, yes. what's, what's and it's the course today like? Well, basically, this is the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour. Um, it's mostly in the Holland region of Holland, <laughs> the <laughs> Netherlands. And it's um, flat, 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 flat. Oh, my fucking God, no, is basically my how I like to describe it because it's it's basi- it's a really, really interesting one where they ride the where – they, where they basically have flat stages, tons and tons of winds, tons of action, tons of exhaustion um, in, in the first stages. And then the last stage is all – so, you know, where you're like basically in the early stages, you're going for your modifications like crazy women. And then the last stage, as always, is through the Valkenberg region, which includes the Kalberg, I believe, um, it, it, all those hills on that beautiful, beautiful ridge of – of Dutch Hills, the only ridge of Dutch Hills, in fact. <laughs> yes, I, I think it is safe to say the only ridge of Dutch Hills, um, yeah, yeah, that, so aren't, it's that quite, aren't the banks yeah. of a canal, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, I am a little bit disappointed that, oh, no, that's not true. I absolutely fucking love that the last stage is, print, is, is shown live. I love it, I love it. I will never get, I'll never get bored of watching riders go over the Kalberg because, oh my God, how wonderful is that? Um, however, I... I, I kind of wish that we could also see some of the flat stages because they are brutal and they're not brutal because of the, um, they're not, they're not brutal because of, because of the, because of the course. They're brutal because of how the riders ride the course. Um, if you want to be up in contention, you've got to be just on the Kalberg stage. You've got to have been in the front or near the front for the whole of the rest of the race. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, you, you have to, it's it's kind of crazy because, you know, these are the stage these are the kind of stages where you can have, um, you know, just like the energy water, you can have a day where, you know, you you look around at ten kilometers because you're at the back because I don't know you're chatting to someone and all of a sudden the front group's gone and the front group is five Rabo Banks, um, five Bowles riders, Emma, Emma Johansson and um, sorry I did that on purpose, Emma <laughs> Johansson and you know and you and so three sprinters and yeah. you spend the rest of the day basically chasing like an absolute crazed person like oh my god help help I'm going to die it's beautiful race so yeah. Um, gorgeous racing and um, oh Ellen van Dyke's back from her injury she broke her collarbone in the in the um, in the course uh, Annemiek van Vleuten you mean uh, no I mean Ellen oh, van Dyke okay sorry I wasn't sure because Annemiek's back as well yes yes but Ellen van Dyke broke her collarbone in the course mm. Annemiek van Vleuten's back she had punctured lungs and broken collarbone from a horrible training accident where she was hit by a car in 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 uh somewhere 
Um, yeah, weird that Bigler are not taking Iris Slaffendel again. I think the team management don't like her. But no, riders to watch out for in this race. So obviously you've got your Ellen Van Dykes, uh, Christine Majerus, uh, Megan Guarnier for bowls, Lucinda Brands and everyone in Rabo. Everyone, every single rider in Rabo. Wiggle Hondra have got Alicia Longo Borghini, which is interesting because yeah. I assume they're there. Well, I assume they're riding there for Yolene Dora to win the, to win all the flat stages, mm. and then hope that Lisa wins over the Kalberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Velocity SRAM is this their last race in Europe before the TTT? I think it is. Um, but they've got Barbara Gurishi and Trixie Lisa Brunau and Trixie Warwick. Um, no Emma Johansson for Orica AIS. Okay, interesting. Kirsten Veal for the for the high tech for high tech products. So watch out for all yeah. those flat yeah. flat stages. Um, yeah, Amy Peters in probably her last race for Lift Plan Tour, perhaps. Ah, uh -huh. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, we, um, we said we said that it was gossips about last week, and yeah, it's been announced been today that she has moved to Wiggle Honda. Mm. So I, I think that means that you actually are going to have to explain your Pokemon theory, which you mentioned last week. Um, oh yeah, last yeah. week I was saying that I thought that Rochelle Gilmore might have a Pokemon attempt uh, approach to signing big riders, and that is got to catch them all. That was the Pokemon strapline. Is the whole aim of the game was you had to go around trying to catch one of each Pokemon. Fair enough, fair enough. I I appreciate you clarifying that because I Pokemon passed me by. Oh, that's what happens when you live a live a live a good Christian life. No, I think that's what happens when you don't give a fuck about Pokemon. Really? I think it might also be the fact that you're too old. Um, I, I remember them being around. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, also look out for... Um, for if you you know look also look out for Elena Elena Cicchini for Lotto Sudal, um, the Italian national team is stuffed full of sprinters. It's really interesting looking at people's teams and going which teams are here for the sprints and which teams are here for the overall stage race in that yeah. fantastic Alberg stage because there's you can definitely look down at it and go yep yep no no yep no you know it's it's very very interesting. I think it's going to be a really exciting race and anyone could win it. It's beautiful. Cool. And so watch it live on Sunday. Um, at the same time, though, we also have the Tour de l'Ardèche. Ah, yes, yes. Which All starts right. tomorrow. Yep. Uh, which has got little limited information. Um, Tour de l'Ardèche, uh, they seem to have, you know, they have like Ale Cipollini, B-Pink Classica, um, Poitou Frontage, Futuroscope, and generally smaller teams over that side. Yep. Um, Tibco, Top Girls, a lot of the American teams coming over, actually, because they've got oh, 26 yeah. yep, yep. Tibco. And, and I suspect it, you know, which is interesting because... So that, that would be your pre-Worlds prep. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit of warm-up for Worlds, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could... Well, but the thing about Lardesh, which they don't seem to have this year, is they normally have some really interesting mixed teams. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a really good point, yeah. But they don't actually seem to have any mixed teams. Oh, they've, got, they've, got two, they've got two mixed international teams, but I don't know who's in them. But they normally have some really, 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 really comedy... My favourite one was the comedy one where... Um, where the jersey that uh, Martina Brass's team was wearing was bright, bright green, like lime green, and the jersey that, um, and then and then there's an, they they went into a mixed team with a team that had a black and white striped prisoner type jersey. So the mixed team ended up with this amazing jersey that had a green front and black and white striped sleeves. It Ooh. was awesome. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so we go to, so that's this week. Then next week, we've got the Lotto Decatur and the Giro del Toscana and the Chrono Champenois ITT and the Madrid Challenge by La Vuelta. Well, I mean, all right. So it's 2015. It's a race organised by the ASO. Who if, are the biggest race organisers in the world? Yeah, in the world. So I have to ask the question, especially leading into this new World Tour Malarkey where it's literally written into the race organising rules, if a race doesn't have a page on a website, does the race really exist? Now, someone on Twitter was telling me, no, no, it's not. you can't prove it's sexism that there's no race website three weeks before the race starts. I think it's... On the, the ASO. 
on the on it you can't prove that's because it's sexism it could happen to a men's race as well you know it could be that's the final stage of the welter couldn't have a website up at this point yeah the final stage of the welter does have a page up and fuck you the literal definition of sexism is not giving equal weight to something of uh, either like like this uh, just because it's I passive. Love it get, I love it. I love it. Love it when you get all when just you get passive speak. sexism doesn't mean it's not fucking sexism. I mean, it's it's like we've always worried that the Madrid Challenge would be a, a sideshow. It came in very late, and it's kind yeah. of it's because yeah. So you know, let, let's have a women's. I mean, it's it's against three other races. We always worried it'd be a slight sideshow. And I mean, if you if you like, some lovely person sent me the road book like. The, the actual the actual roadbook yeah. so i've got information about it but that's because lovely people send me things on the internet teams yeah. and shit you can't like sit at home and go right i'm gonna do my homework what's this race going to be like let me let me look it up on on uh yeah. google on on, on google on, on street view or something because it doesn't exist oh my exactly. god if you search and and uh, you know it, it, this is the point is if you search madrid challenge on google you're gonna find links to cycling news and and um cycling stats and and stuff like that but not to the the welter site um or anything that looks like an official site for the madrid challenge so even if there were a different domain there there isn't there's not one that's that's readily findable and then if you do an advanced search within the welter site which if you're gonna fucking have the race at La Vuelta, and the whole point of the race is that it's it's the one that we do at the Vuelta, then you'd think there'd be at least some fucking mention of it on their site. Well, guess what? You do an advanced search of the Vuelta site for the terms Madrid Challenge, and you, all you get is a shit ton of results of the, the timings of the riders at the fucking prologue of the men's race. Yeah. So David Dela Cruz, Luis Angel Mate Madones, Mikel Landamiana, TJ Vengara. Like, there, is, there is nothing about this race on their fucking website. And, and it's it's not I just there. It's, it, yes, let's 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 deep breath, dear. Mm, mm. Deep breath. Deep but, breath. Yeah, no problem looking at stage twenty-one of the fucking men's race. I can look that up right now and see the route, the profile. I can find out the current standings. I can find out the stage results of every stage it's run. So, like, it's not like they don't have someone already doing this. How fucking hard is it to put up one page with some basic info? Not very hard is the answer. So, yes. Um, good news though. Let me t- tell you something good because that'll make you happy. Speak. We spoke briefly about the UCI, and there've been two announcements in the last week about things they're doing. They are putting on a um, scholarships for women to go to the DS course in Asia. Yeah, yeah, which is actually a great initiative. And one of the things that I was pleased to see because I saw that um, flash around Twitter um, a couple of days ago, and then I saw another comment from Tracy Gordry that apparently they've had a huge number of responses which is even better so yeah, yeah. now I, I did have now Stefan Wyman who I have tons and tons of respect for in the Matrix yep. pro cycling team Stefan was saying oh you know I think it's shit that it's women only I think it should be people involved in women's teams however I do take his point but that's not what it was about yeah, this isn't yeah. this, this is this is specifically about getting women involved in DSing and that yeah. can be involved in DSing women's men's teams as well as women's teams exactly. I take Stefan I take Stefan's point that yeah. It's a shame that the women have to spend, um, you know, so much. It's a shame that the women's have to spend so much money. You know, women's teams have to spend so much money to go on this mandatory course. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would like to see, you know, more stuff offered for, you know, sure. small, small, small men's, small women's teams, people to go to. But this is specifically about setting up the specific. The specific well, it's, specific. A, it's a scholarship program, isn't it? So it's literally about yeah. targeting people who would, you know, for for a variety of other reasons, be um, disempowered, disenfranchised, or disincentivized to attend a course like this. Yeah, you know, or who don't have the cash because yeah. because the, because for the men's for the big men's teams, say you've got a rider who you want to, you know, you've decided, okay, um, David Miller, for example, has retired from 
from cycling and you know uh, and and he wants to become a uh, a, a ds and so you your team you know he's been an owner of garmin or whatever or sky want him on board so they say hey we'll pay for you to go yeah yeah exactly i mean for for a lot of guys if you're you know a halfway intelligent bike rider all you have to do is fall off your bike and you become a ds basically um you know so yeah like you i take i take stefan's point but I, I view this initiative specifically as, uh, uh, like a lot of um, these sorts of scholarship programs in, in any sort of field, um, as, as directly addressing um, gender inequality and also the pathways for women into sustainable careers within the sport. So, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I, it's awesome. I, I, no, I'm really happy about it. It's really exciting. And you can see all the details on our site, prowomenscycling.com. And the other thing that they announced that they've brought in is an under-23 category for cyclocross world championships for women. Ah, well, hey, that's... Um, we were talking about it in relation to mountain bike last week, weren't we? But, you know... Yeah, and I've changed my mind on that. Since, so last week I was a bit grumpy because Yolanda Neff and Pauline Fran-Provo last year couldn't race the elite mm. mountain bike world champions because they had to ride under 23 and I was saying well this is the only place this, this happens but actually it kind of makes sense because it, it introduces and you know these these years where you've got an under 23s that could win the elites it is gutting for them but they have plenty of plenty of plenty of years ahead of them but wow. for a lot of young riders who can never get a top 10 you know like you would never expect the young men the 18 you know where in cyclocross in men you've got a juniors world and you've got a under 23 worlds and you've got and then you've got worlds so there's like lots and lots of chances for riders to get you know, to, to, to get um, you know, equal prize money, but also to get the glory. You know, they can always say I've been, yeah, I've got my world, cha- my junior world championship medal. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's a really really interesting thing. It's just it's really interesting. I'm 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 happy about that. So hurrah, UCI! You were cynical about the UCI last year. I uh, last week. I'm um. Oh, well, uh, to be fair, I was also cynical about them last week. That's true. So I I maintain the ability to be cynical over over more than one year at a time. So yeah. Mm, mm. But you're right. That does that does somewhat offset my cynicism on those specific issues. So yeah. yes, yes, that's great. Um, bad news for people who love great fun riders. Um, two retirements announced this week. One is Marine de Vries, mm. who's this is her the Bowls Rental Ladies Tours, her last race, and the other is Lucy Martin, um, British, young British rider. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Marine came into the sport with a specific view: was could she at thirty see if she could become a pro athlete? Yeah, um, yeah. And 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 her adventure just changed and kind of went on and on. It's been really, really. It's been a really exciting thing. But it's it's kind of you know now. I guess she's on. She's ready for her next adventure. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think one of the things that I'd want to say in response to that is just to really salute Marine. Um, as you say, when, when she undertook that challenge, um, it would have been easy. And I think early on, some people possibly did view it as a, almost a little bit of a stunt kind of thing, but that's never how Marine approached it herself. And she, um, really tackled this, this challenge very, very seriously and worked really hard to actually become a a very good cyclist. And mm. and so I just want to pay real tribute to that. I'm sure we'll still see her around the sport and in, you know, various media type roles or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure whatever she does next will be awesome. But uh, and I'll be sad to see her go. But I do just want to, you know, pay tribute to that. She's been a a great addition to the peloton, not just for um, her work on the bike, but also you know she's provided some of our all time favourite um, blogs. Or different aspects of cycling, um, including, I think two two favourites that stand out for me. Uh, talking about being chicked, and yeah. um, and and the I mean it, it's basically it's basically internet folklore now, isn't it? The Marine how to pee. Um, yes yeah. <laughs> there's been so many amazing marine blogs like so many really interesting her blogs have just been fantastic and her columns and her mm. contributions have just been amazing because she's just there's so many things that she said that people just didn't know yeah. like just really fascinating stuff you know the guy who wanted her who, who keeps writing to her asking for a used skin suit oh oh that's right yeah 
but still is just so skeevy and gross. Oh. So I was going to say, as a man, what's the appeal? I, uh, uh, okay, so it's kind of, it's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of a little bit offensive that that you're. I can't believe I'm being forced to do this. That you're you're assuming all men are the same. Oh fuck all you! Men. You made me not all men. You ah, <laughs> uh, uh, worst podcast ever. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to miss Marine basically. And also going to miss Lucy Martin. Um, you might miss remember Lucy Martin. She was such an amazing track rider. And she'd, um, but she also had the other thing that I think that I'm really impressed with Lucy about is that she was one of the riders who went public about how, about riding yes. for Farron and not yeah, getting paid. Yeah, and not getting paid. Um, which I, over the years, we've talked about several times on and off the, the various ways and reasons that um it can be really difficult for writers to talk about things like that um not least because it tends to make teams even worse at actually paying you um yeah and 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 so you know it, it can be a very very difficult thing for a young cyclist to have to confront and so yeah absolutely full respect to to lucy for being able to um speak out about that when it was happening yeah, yeah. I mean, also the interesting. I'm I'm thinking a lot at the moment about the concept of the missing stare, which is like you know um, this this concept that came up through a, a blogger who's basically saying that you know you end up with like something where everyone. And she was talking about it in the terms of sexual assault and stuff, but you know you end up with like rather than take action, you end up with everyone kind of like you know walking around just like and then you you know as if there's you know oh yeah they they stare. You go into a house where there's a missing stair and rather than fix the stair, everyone just warns you, hey, look, be careful, the third stair's not there. The third step's missing and then if you you go up and down enough times, eventually you get the hang of it and and you barely even notice. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I kind of think about that about Farron because, you know, like I've said before, I knew for like... four years i guess that farron didn't pay their riders and were an mm. awful and i just assumed that that was that was common knowledge yeah. but you know you never talk about it out loud because you know you can't prove it you've only heard it in rumors and stuff like that or people have told you off the record but i just assumed that all the riders knew too and it's really really i'm really struggling at the moment with this concept of the missing stare and you know mm. what happens about you know what happens when you just assume that everyone knows that this shit is happening you know oh yeah don't talk to him he's a creep and don't you know what i mean like i just so i'm very very proud of lucy martin that she yeah, yeah. Put out there absolutely and absolutely was the one to actually just make 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 explicit what i thought was common knowledge but in terms of protecting other riders yeah yeah interesting was very very important to me very important yeah i, I it's absolutely important and um and as you say not just from addressing what was happening to her but but addressing it for other writers and and you know exactly that that sort of reasoning um mm. it's given me a little bit of an idea which i don't think we should talk about yet but i'm going to talk to you about this after we finish recording um yeah mm. I, I have an idea um, oh i always like it when he has ideas it's probably terrible but you know it'll be awesome and yeah. um, tell me about that video you liked this week. Oh, look, it's um, it's just a bit of fun. Um, it's a video I, I actually found this morning. It's just a, a bit of bike ballet. Um, we'll throw it in the post for for a look. Um, it's short, but it's very cool. It's you know, it's just classic. I, I guess my joke this morning because um, you know, uh, Doctor Brady O'Donnell. Uh, big fan of the show, long-time listener, first-time caller, G'day Brady, um, uh, is in the same time zone. And so it amused me to to tweet this this morning, um, asking if it was her influence taken to its logical conclusion because the uh, the writer in question does some pretty bloody impressive gymnastics via, uh, I guess, what you could call elaborate track standing. Um, so i I don't want to give too much away but um let me put it this way have you ever seen someone ride a track bike upside down backwards because i because i have my god yeah so so i I do check out this video is kind of what i'm saying um have you ever seen someone track stand well i mean i I know how much you love tiffany cromwell uh super winning on on the bike have you ever seen Mm. someone stand on the handlebars no I have. Um, oh no, I have seen people stand on the handlebars because I have watched a lot of those um, Red Bull bike uh, crazy videos. 
but okay. yes. Okay. Well, you know, all I'm saying is there's there's stuff here to see, and it's pretty cool. So yeah, enjoy, mm. enjoy. Mm. Uh, what about yourself? Is there anything else that we uh, should point out or mention? Or... I I want to point out that the mountain bike and trials. Since we're talking about trials, bam, yep. bam, bam, um, mountain bike and trials uh, world championships are on right now. Nice. Um, today, you might have missed this already. There's the element. There's the eliminator, but it'll be live. You can watch that again. The trials apparently isn't live, but the at uh, the weekend we've got the downhill and the cross country world uh, world finals are all shown on the um uh on the on the kind of on the live feed of of the Red Bull bike. Yep. So um, all of this is how to watch all of this is on my site prowomenscycling.com and that's where I'll put up how to watch the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour and you can also see everything we talked about and some things we didn't on today's podcast post. Please go and have a look. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week to talk about the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour of Holland. And the Tour de l'Ardèche and what's happening in Toscana and why we don't like Toscana and, and what's happening Hopefully, maybe we'll have found the Madrid. I was going to say, hopefully, there'll be a moral victory in Madrid, and they'll have finally built a web page for yeah, the Madrid. If you challenge. find the web page, then send it over to us because, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, um, if, you, if you find the web page, please photocopy it from the newspaper you found it in and fax it to us. Yes, it's not on the fucking internet. So, <laughs> I'm angry again. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> have a good week.